We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4 today as we continue our sermon series called Solomon Says. And we've been looking at the words of Solomon that he wrote. And he, it talks about all the time that he's writing them to his son. He's trying to impart wisdom. We know that Solomon never has gotten or will ever receive a God bestowed upon him wisdom like no one ever has gotten or will ever receive again. And so the words that Solomon takes time to write down are very important for us. And why are they that important for us? Well, ultimately, all of us are trying to figure out, it's pretty appropriate that we prayed for them and then they do the sirens and they just tick on by. So that was good. So I hope you are praying for them right now, every Sunday. I think a fire happens at about 1130 every Sunday. Um, it is important that we follow these words because we're all trying to figure out how to, how to have the best life, how to navigate life. And, and along the way in life, you know, sometimes we do some wrong things, sometimes we get some stuff right, sometimes we, we get great advice, sometimes we get not so great advice. It's, it's difficult at times to navigate life. But there's something that happens often when we think about life that we, we get this sense sometimes that if you take the scripture that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but would have everlasting life, sometimes we have a tendency to think about, oh, everlasting life, eternal life. That means after I'm done with this world and I die and go to heaven, then I'll receive life. But no, that's not it. Jesus came so that we can have life, and life with him begins the moment that we choose to follow him. That's when life begins at its best and at its fullest. It's the moment that we choose to follow him. Now, the truth of that is, the moment that we choose to follow him is for most of us, honestly, it's for all of us. By the time we reach that point that we decide to follow Jesus, we've already sinned, we've made mistakes, we've done some things that have put this life kind of pointed in a wrong direction, and Jesus comes to help us find the path back to life. And I wish it were just so simple that the moment that we choose to follow Jesus, then everything else just sets itself back right, and it's all easy then, right? Well, it's not. Because we still, every day, have to choose to follow Jesus and to find life. But here's something that you need to understand. God didn't send his son to just give you life and then Jesus goes away. No, what we get when we choose to follow Jesus is we get life with Jesus. You see, because life is gained with Jesus, not from Jesus. And it, it's a simple thought, but it's something that I hope helps you. If you're wondering what's the big deal about Christianity, why is all this important? Why are these words in Scripture important? It's because everything that we're teaching, everything that you read in God's Word is pointing you to know Jesus better so that you can experience life with Him, not get life from him. He's not like the FedEx guy who shows up and drops something at your door and then he just drives off and does something. Hey, look, I got a package. No, that's not how it works. Jesus came so that you can have life with him. And so all the words that we see in scripture are actually pointing us to walk closely and to follow Jesus. And when we do those things, we will find life. Now, the words of Solomon that we find in Proverbs, Solomon talks about seeking after wisdom finding wisdom above all things. He says that it's the fear of the Lord it's the beginning of knowledge and that we should seek after wisdom. And I, I've said this a few times in this sermon series that Solomon wrote these words before Jesus obviously had come 
to earth. If you replace the word wisdom with the word Jesus, oftentimes in this book you'll go, oh, (laughs) that makes sense. Because we know that the greatest wisdom is found in knowing and following Jesus. And so as Solomon talks about it as wisdom, we can translate it as Jesus. And we know that life is gained with Jesus in following him. And so these words today, Solomon, I think, is getting a little bit intense for a reason. Let's look at it in verse 20 of chapter 4. He writes these words. My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Now, we're going to stop right there for just a second. Any parent in here has had this conversation. Hey, hey, y'all, hey, right here, right here. Y'all listen to me. One, two, three, eyes on me. Okay, everybody right here. Hey, listen to me. You know why we have that conversation often? Because our kids hear us all the time. And when we hear something over and over and over again, we have a tendency at times to just kind of tune it out. And so Solomon at this point in time is trying to help people understand, I'm about to get to something that's very important. So, So hey, hey, everybody, I'm about to get to something that's very, so you listen. You've had that conversation, right? In, in our Bible study today, I love the illustrations. One of, one of the people in our class said, it's like when you take their face in your hand and you go, I just need you to listen to me for just a second. I need you to make sure, do you understand that this is important? You see, because Solomon, I'll be honest with you, there are some things as you read the book of Proverbs, it's like, man, he keeps saying the same thing over and over. Kind of like my dad did to me. Kind of like I've done with my kids. <laughs> Kind of like God does it. The reason he does it over and over and over again, one, because it's important, two, because you need to know it. And so at this point in time, I probably get the sense, here's the, way, the image that I get in my head. It's that Solomon's son is listening, but he's look, kind of listening like this. And so Solomon kind of has that point of going, hey, right here, I really need you to hear this. And then he says these words. Don't lose sight of my words. Keep them in your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's body. And then look at the illustrative words that he uses starting in verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly and don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet, and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. So what Solomon is saying here is you really need to pay attention to these words. Look, I know you're hearing these things over and over, but I'm saying to them, I'm saying them to you because they're important. Here's what you need to understand is that you need to guard your heart. Now, we're going to come back to this often as I talk through this today. You know, when you think about it, if you've lived some years on this earth, you understand the importance of guarding your heart. You just guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. It's the source of life. Everything in life runs through your heart. That's why it's so important. And he actually gives the path here of what he's talking about. The way that you guard your heart is to do all these other things. But we also... 
we may get wounded from other people, some bad choices. We may have said some wrong things. We did things that may be difficult for some stuff. And we may have made some bad choices. We may have said some wrong things. We may have done some stuff to wound people. And so it's kind of, you know, upsetting, if you will, at times for Solomon to say, hey, guard your heart above all else. And, and for us to realize that when Jesus offers us life and he offers to walk with us, he's saying, basically, look, I know you haven't done this right. I know you me. Follow me. Do things my for you is to find life. And so walk with me. Follow me. Do things my way, and you will find the path to life. See, when I listen and listen to me, when I listen, find life. This is why Solomon said, hey, hey, pay attention. Listen to me. When I listen and I keep wisdom close, that's when I find life. When I keep Jesus close to me. Have you ever seen, you ever heard people say, I just wish I had Jesus walking closer with me. And then I've thought all the time in my literal brain, how can he get closer than living in your heart? <laughs> well, it's not walking real close with him when he's living in your heart, but you're not listening to him. And you're not doing the things that he's, he's teaching you and telling you to do. It's kind of like we have a tendency, oh yeah, I've heard that before, we're just going to tune this out. Okay, I need, and we just kind of look at him a little bit flippantly at times. But what Solomon is saying is, look, I know that this is life to those who, he's saying, this is exactly what you need to hear. And so he repeats it over and over. But he's saying this so that we can put our heart in the right place. And when I listen and I keep wisdom close, then I find life. Lord, within our heart. Why do we figure out what to do? What is it that we're going to have to go on? How are we going to know what to say? Where to go? What to, a well that we can dig from and say, this is how I know how to navigate life. If you don't have that, then the best you're going to do is the best that you can do on your own, which may work for a season or two, but ultimately it's going to lead to a very frustrating place. The psalmist writes these words, Psalm 119.11, I've treasured your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What does he mean by that? He means that he takes the word of the Lord and he continues to put them into his heart. He reads them over and over again because repetition is a way that we learn things. When we repeat something over and over, we drill it down inside ourselves and we, we begin to then let that develop in our lives. And so that repetition, that treasuring it, that repeating it into our heart helps us that we can, but the way that we guard our heart is not to stray because when we sin and stray, our heart gets hurt. But the way that we guard our heart is not to put it up in a safe and a shelf and separate it from everybody else. It's to say that I'm going to follow the Lord who has my heart. That's how we guard it best. You see, the truth is I have to learn to discern, right? I must learn to discern in life. Every day you're going to get up and have choices to make what do I do how do the right thing am I going to do my own thing am I going to do this world am I going to engage the world am I going to just disengage from the world am I going to do the right thing am I going to do my own thing am I going to do this we have to learn to discern what the best way to walk you need to listen that Solomon is saying again hey hey listen hey 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 listen you need to listen that if you will follow Jesus you will find life and he gives these words in verse 23, guard your heart above. Think about this. The path to life runs through my heart, period. It is your heart that is the central control of everything in your life. Think about it. Physically it is. 
emotionally it is, spiritually it is. It's not just in one vein or the other. Your heart is the center of your life. And so the path to life runs through my heart. And we may have a tendency at times to go, okay, Solomon was a wise person and he said a lot of good things and he's telling me I should follow Jesus. But let these words sink in. Three simple words that he says that I think have a weight of wisdom that when you really think about them, you go, wow. Guard your heart. We could stop right now and we could have people, and I would be first in line, to give testimonies of why that's important, probably based on the fact that there are some times in life that I chose not to guard my heart that have left my heart scarred and wounded. Now, you see, there's something that's really interesting. We talked to, I, I confirmed this medically with my, uh, with my medical advisor this morning, Corey, okay? And I didn't say it in the first service, so you're getting something I didn't say in the first service. How about that? You know, we talked a few weeks ago in our Bible study class how when, when bones break, the, where they heal back, you know, very, very rarely does a bone break in the same place twice because where it heals back, it actually gets stronger. But when your heart has a heart attack or something like that, it, it's, that's, no, it's not getting stronger as it heals itself. It's getting weaker. It's getting harder to go through things. So the, just kind of flippantly going through thinking, oh, this is no big deal, or I don't have to take care of this, or this isn't going to hurt anybody, or whatever. And a wounded heart is dangerous over and over and over again. And a wounded heart is dangerous. You need to understand that a wounded heart is very dangerous. Why? Why is a wounded heart dangerous, Pastor? I wish I could give um, you know, credit to whoever said this first, but it's just been said. I've heard it so much. I don't know. It's not mine originally, but think about this. Hurt people hurt people, right? Wounded people wound people. That's typically what happens. When we live our life in such a way that we don't guard our heart, that we don't think about the consequences of the choices that we're making or the things that we're doing, sometimes we get in a place where our heart gets wounded, and then we become a very dangerous person. Dangerous because we get bitter. Dangerous because we get hurtful. Dangerous because we get protective. Dangerous because we withdraw from everything else. And when our heart is not in the right place, we are not in a good spot. You just think about that. But when our heart is right, that is when life is right. Later on in the book, Solomon writes these words, My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will indeed rejoice. How about that? And Anybody would know that as a parent, when, you're, when your child's heart is right and when they're doing things, you go, Woo, I'm in a good place. This is awesome. When your heart is wise, then my heart rejoices. God looks at us in the same way. When we choose to follow him and we trust him with our heart and we let him lead and we follow him and we're making wise choices, God is rejoicing. And the reason he's rejoicing is because he knows that you're experiencing life at its fullest and at its best. But why is it that we don't do that all the time? You see, the struggle that I think many people have with following Jesus is it's too simple. It's too simple. Now, I didn't say it was easy. I said it's too simple. Some people think that, man, they, you just don't understand how complicated my life is and just how difficult these things are. And sometimes when we think that we have a real complicated life, we're looking for some real complicated solution when the solution is real 
simple. Start doing the things that God leads you to do, and he will lead you to the path of life. He will heal your wounded heart. He will lead you to the better place, a place that you will never get to on your own. You will only get to by following Jesus. But why don't we do that? Let me dip into this last thing. You see, my actions reveal my heart condition. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're doing. Your actions reveal your heart condition. If you're not in a good place, then anything that you're receiving or taking in or putting out to other people is not in a good place. Let me just ask you this question, and I'm, I'm looking at my front few rows here of my, my good tech-savvy people here. Say you're in a bad mood, you're having a bad day, and you get a text message. Do you read that all happy, or do you immediately look at that text message and go, why would they even say that to me? Right? Because we receive texts by the condition of our heart or attitude that day. It, it has no emotion to it, but we place our own emotion in it because of the condition of our heart or the situation that we're in. You see, we need to understand the actions that I have reveal the condition of my heart. If my heart is weak, my actions are weak. If I feel broken and hurt and I'm biting and bitter at everybody else, it's because something has wounded my heart and my heart's not in a good place. You see, I've learned that a long time ago. A mentor of mine told me, Lindell, don't forget, there's a story behind every face. There's a reason people act the way they're acting. There's a reason they respond the way they respond. And when you get the type of responses from people that you don't necessarily expect or want, you need to just learn to teach yourself to stop right there and go, I need to hear that story. I need to find out what's going on. Because something's broken, something's not right here. And it's at that point in time that God has an opportunity to intervene and heal your heart. And the way that Solomon is telling us to do this, one of the ways that we guard our heart is he goes through all these things. He says, don't turn to the right or to the left. But he actually, before that, talks about a lot of things, ears, mouth, eyes, and feet, and how they're all connected to my heart. You realize that. That when we let the certain things into our brain and we listen to the wrong thing over and over, what happens to our heart? Our heart gets in a bad place. Our heart gets wounded. Our heart gets broken. What about when we open our mouth and we run our mouth in ways that we shouldn't or we say things that we shouldn't or we're dishonest with other people? What happens to our heart? Our heart gets broken. Our heart gets into a bad place. It gets hardened. It gets bitter. What about when we let our eyes wander and take things in that they shouldn't be taking in? And we just don't think anything of it. We just, you know, flip on whatever channels on TV, watch whatever it is, think there's no big deal, there's no consequences or anything. We talked about this in Bible study as well. If you're not in a Bible study, you should be. We talked about this in Bible study as well. Have you ever had that moment where you're sitting at home at night and you go, why am I humming this song? And you just go, I've got this song in my head. And for me, I retrace my day sometimes and I go, okay, well, this is Oh, when I went to the grocery store five hours ago, it was playing. And then all of a sudden, it's in my head, and it's stuck in my head all day long. And those are the type of things that our body does. It, it is trained to be able to just continually process all these things. And when we just don't, when we're not careful with about what we let into our body, ears, eyes, mouth, nose, then it destroys our heart. All of these things are connected they're some of the wisest words in all of the book of Proverbs. Because what he's saying is this is the source of it all. If you're not careful with your heart, then you're going to experience a life of pain. But when you're careful with your heart, then you're 
on the path to life. But there's something that we need to understand with this. Guarding our heart doesn't mean that I build a box around it and I don't let people touch it and I don't let people into it. And guarding your heart doesn't mean that you're never going to make a mistake because that would be great, wouldn't it? That following Jesus means, oh, I'm going to get everything right all the time and I'm never going to make a mistake. So guarding your heart is kind of this idea that when you think about it, it's, it's one of those, I don't even know that I can do that. Because I can't control everything that comes in to my life, and it's eventually going to do something to my heart. And honestly, I've already got a past, and there's some things that are there in my heart that I can't get rid of. So how in the world do I guard my heart? You can't. There's only one way you can guard your heart. It's to give it away. And give it to the one who can guard your heart. And that's what it means when we say the phrase... In church sometimes and we don't even think about it because we say it so much all the time is have you given your heart to Jesus Christ do you know him as Savior do you follow him what does it mean to have Christ living in your heart what does it mean to give him your heart it means that you say I know that the best way that I can guard my heart is to give it to you and since life comes in walking with you not from you then when you have my heart and I'm following you and staying close to you, that's when life is at its best. But if you have my heart and I'm wandering over here, then life isn't all that good. Or if I'm wandering over here and you should have my heart, then life isn't all that good. Life is best when Christ has your heart and you're following him. That's when life is at its fullest and at its best. You see, God never intended us to walk through this life alone, right? He understands that he created us to be dependent on him and interdependent on one another, and that's when we're going to have life at its fullest. So knowing that we can't make it through life alone, you have to choose carefully who you're going to walk with. It's your last blank. You can just put that in and then think about that. We can't make it through life alone. So we have to choose carefully who you walk with because who you walk with has the attention of your eyes, has the conversations of your mouth, they have your ear to them, and they also are affecting your heart in a great way. So in the midst of a world that is full of distractions, pay attention. That's why Solomon says, pay attention. Don't just go through it thinking that there's no big deal about it. Pay attention. Follow this path. Guard your heart. And when you find the path to life through Jesus, then stay on it. And you will experience life at its fullest.